Thanks for checking out Church on the Rock's message this week. We would love to help you take your next step in knowing God better. The best way to do that is visit cotr.org slash next steps. Or if you're not near our physical campus, visit our online community at cotr.org slash online. Enjoy the message and know that God is for you. Praise God. Always good to be back in Church on the Rock. I love your pastors and love this church. One of my favorite churches in the entire world, and I've preached in a lot of them. I have preached in, uh, this is my 54th year in the ministry, and I have preached in 3,500 different churches. And I'm serious, this is one of my favorites, praise God. Amen. All right, you can be seated, and we will get started here in just a moment. Uh, I have a couple of gentlemen with me today that I'd like to introduce to you. First of all, uh, Eric Deaton. Eric, would you please stand? Give him a good warm welcome. He's not only one of our associate ministries, he's also a businessman and came to our ministry a couple of years ago and what a blessing he and his wife are. And then Tony Armstrong, first time he's been in the church with me. Tony is a former NFL football player and also played in the Canadian Football League. And we have a a good time together. Tony has traveled with me all over the world. He graduated from my Bible school a number of years ago. My wife says, because uh, I have different ones travel with me from time to time, and my wife says, who's traveling with you this time? I said, Tony. She said, okay, I know you'll be safe. <laughs> Praise God. You have your Bibles with you? Yes. Let's open them, first of all, to the book of Luke, Luke chapter 22. And while you're turning there, I've, I've said this Uh, on previous visits, and I just want to repeat this. Uh, Since about 1991, when Brother Copeland prophesied over me that God was moving me into a new dimension of ministry, he said it would include the office of the seer, which is part of the prophetic ministry, and he said God's going to begin to show you things to come and then hold you responsible for sharing what he shows you to the body of Christ wherever he might send you. And so since that time, uh, I have set aside the first couple of weeks in October every year just to see what God would show me and what God would say to me about the coming new year. And every year, he's given me a prophetic word that I have taken all over the world, and I don't change that until the next October when he gives me a fresh word and fresh insight into what's coming. And this past year... Uh, October 2022, when I was seeking him, he said, it's time for my people to go into the maximum, the highest level attainable. He said, they've been settling for far less for far too long. Thank you for your enthusiasm. The maximum, God's best. Why would we settle for anything less? And so every year as I began preaching that, then I put out a book on that subject, and this is entitled God's Maximum, the Highest Level Attainable. I think this is my 84th book in 54 years, and so I'm already working on the book for 2024, and I want to share with you, since this is fresh, almost right hot off the press, 
what the Lord has said to me about 2024. Is anybody looking forward to 2024? Yeah. Amen. Now, it, it, it's 2023 is not over, so you can still believe for the maximum yeah. and still believe for the highest level attainable. But uh, I always look forward to what the Lord might say to me about the coming new year. And I do this. After he says to me what, what the theme would be that I would preach all over the world, then I ask him this. I said, Lord, I would appreciate it if you would confirm this in my life and ministry now so when I take it to the rest of the world, it will give validity to it. In other words, I'll have evidence that it's working and God is no respecter of persons. If he'd do it for me, then he would do it for you. Can you say amen? So uh, just a short time ago, coming into the first part of October, as I was praying, uh, the Lord said two things to me, and I want to talk about the first part of it now, and he said this. He said, tell the people everywhere you go that it will be imperative, it will be mandatory, it is a must that they stay in faith, number two, that they stay focused on the promises of God, and then number three, and do not allow anything that is happening in the world around them to distract them. And he said, if they will follow those instructions, then I will cause their 2024 to be a year of progression, a year of advancement, a year of promotion. Anybody like advancing? Anybody like progressing? Anybody like promoting or promotion? Amen. And notice the prerequisites were, number one, stay in faith. Stay in faith. There are a lot of people today that start out in faith but they don't remain in faith. And I've met a lot of them, and I've met a lot of preachers who start out in faith, and over a period of time, uh, they begin to uh, get their ears tickled with something else, and they quit, they quit preaching faith, and, and they start following whims and fantasies and, and you know, uh, religious traditions and so forth. And the Bible makes it very clear that the body of Christ, God's people, must live the life of faith. The just shall live by faith. Are there any just in the building today? So the Bible says the just shall live by faith. And it's not a recommendation. It's not a, 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 a strong suggestion. It is a commandment. The just shall live by faith. The reason being is because it is impossible to please God without faith. And then also the Bible teaches us that it is our way of victory over our adversary and over everything that is going on in the world around us. This is the victory that overcometh the world, even our faith. So it's, it's a matter of uh, a choice, a, a decision rather, that you must stay in faith. If you want God's best, anybody want God's best? I certainly do. I want God's absolute best for my life for my ministry, and if I do, then I am required to stay in faith. And then number two, stay focused on the promises of God. You know, there's a lot of things that are trying to get our attention today through the media, uh, through, through all kinds of avenues that are trying to distract us and trying to get our attention, but you've got to stay focused on the promises of God. The, one, the thing that is so beautiful is this. The grass withers, the flower fades, 
but the word of our God will stand forever. Amen. You're not going to wake up in the morning and the Bible says something different than it said today. Amen. It stands forever. Hallelujah. So I like to say it doesn't need improvement. It's been working for years and it will continue to work. It's worked for me for 54 years. And I like to tell people, my mother didn't raise a fool. I'm going to keep doing it, praise God. Because I like results. Anybody else like results? I never will forget when I first came to the Lord back in 1969. Uh, you know my testimony. Uh, many of you do. I owned an automotive business and been running from God uh, and, and most of my life. And I heard the call of God in 1957 watching Oral Roberts on television. But that's, that was not what I wanted to do. God was fouling up my plans. I'd already made plans at nine years old that I was going to follow in the footsteps of my father. My father raced automobiles. My father uh, restored classic automobiles. He did paint and body work, and that's all I ever wanted to do. So he started teaching me that trade by the, at, at nine years old. And so I'd say to him every day, how many of you remember when families used to have breakfast together? Every day at breakfast, before my dad would leave to go to work, he'd wait for me to say this, Dad, when I grow up, you and I are going to have our own business. It's going to have a big sign out front. Savelle and dad. And he got a kick out of that. Because usually it's, you know, Savelle or, or his father and son. And I'd always say, Savelle and dad. You know, automotive works or restoration and so forth. And as soon as I'd say that, then he'd go to work. So that was my plan. That was my dream. By the time I was 21 years old, I had that sign. I had that business. I was doing exactly what I dreamed I was going to do. But I wasn't living God's dream. And even though I thought I was happy, I really wasn't because I knew on the inside, this is not what God wants me to do. And uh, so eventually, 1969, I surrendered my life to the Lord and began to pursue God's dream for my life. Now, I never will forget, when I opened the Bible and started reading it, the very first scripture I ever read, if you continue in my word, you will be my disciple indeed, you will know the truth, and the truth will make you free. And that little word continue in my Bible got as big as my Bible, jumped off the pages and got in my heart. And the Lord said this. He said, son, you have been a great starter all of your life, but you've never been a great finisher. And that was true. Uh, I always looked for the path of least resistance. And uh, he said, if you're ever going to be the man I want you to be, if you're ever going to be the father I want you to be, if you're ever going to be the husband I want you to be, and if you're ever going to be the preacher I want you to be, then you're going to have to develop the art of continuing. Make quitting no longer an option. So that day, I stood up and I said, Lord, from this day forward, quitting is not an option in my life. I will continue in everything that you tell me to do, and I will not give up until it is successful, praise God. And I've kept that oath all these years, and God has honored it. Amen. And he will honor it with anybody who will make that decision. So another thing I said to him, and I was very young in the Lord, maybe three months old in the Lord, I raised my Bible up one day and I said, Lord, if there's anything in this book that you really didn't mean, tell me now so I don't waste my time believing for it. That was 54 years ago, and he has not said one time in 54 years, by the way, I didn't really mean that. I'm just trying to think of something to fill up the pages. Yeah. 
No, he meant every word of it. I said he meant every word of it. He meant every word of it. Hallelujah. And this book represents God's best for his people. I had a, a, a man come to our ministry a number of years ago, and uh, he had been a motivational speaker at a Fortune 500 company and so forth, and he loved our ministry, and, and he, he made uh, it known to me that any time that I would like to have him come, he'd like to come and just share with our staff. And so we invited him to come. We had, had our staff there and some other folks that we knew that wanted to come. And so when the turned the meeting over to him, the opening remarks that came out of his mouth were this. How many of you in here believe dogs love bones? Well, everybody on our staff lit in our head. And I, I, I lifted my hand because uh, the night before I had been to a restaurant. I didn't eat all that I had ordered. And I brought the bones back to my dog. And I gave them to him before I went to the office. And he took them and ran off with them. So I lifted my hands. Let me ask you this. How many of you believe dogs love bones? Okay, most of you. So then he said this. Dogs don't love bones. They love steak. They settle for bones. I put my hand down real quick. Pastor, put your hand down real quick. Dogs don't love bones. They love steak, but they settle for bones. I thought that'll preach. I thought, yeah, that's exactly a description of the body of Christ. God's been offering steak, and we've been settling for bones. Look at your neighbor, but no more. <laughs> I'm going for the steak, praise God. Amen. You know, uh, one example is this. Uh, you know, the Bible talks about hundredfold, 30-fold, 60-fold, 100-fold. Well, if 100-fold represents maximum, because I can't find anywhere in the Bible where it talks about 200-fold, 300-fold, if 100-fold represents maximum, why settle for 30-fold? I got three rights, uh-huh, and one, one head shake. I, uh, did my mic go off? Let me ask you the question again. If God is offering 100-fold, why settle for 30-fold? Amen. Now, 30-fold's good, but 60-fold's better, and 100-fold's even better than that. So why not go for God's best? Why not go for the maximum, the highest level attainable? And that's what this little book is all about, going for the maximum and the God's highest level. Now, notice once again in the word that he gave me for 2022, the first thing he said was this, tell the people, stay in faith. Let's go to Luke chapter 22, and let's begin in verse 31. Verse 31. And notice, the Lord said, Simon, Simon, behold, Satan hath desired to have you, that he may sift you as wheat. But I have prayed for thee, that thy faith fail not, and when thou art converted, strengthen thy brethren. Now, the first time I read that, I thought it had to be a misprint in the Bible, because I had never heard anybody say that it was possible for faith to fail. And I, had, I started out listening to Kenneth Copeland, uh, Kenneth Hagin, Oral Roberts, T.L. Osborne. They were my four mentors. And I never heard one of those men in the early days of my walk of faith ever say that it was possible for faith to fail. And here, when I read that, in fact, I, I went into where my wife was, and she'd been 
serving God all of her life. She got filled with the Holy Ghost at eight years old. She knew a lot more than I did. And I went in, I said, Carolyn, I found a misprint in the Bible. She said, that's not a misprint in the Bible. I said, right here's one. Jesus prayed that Peter's faith would not fail. I said, I've never heard anybody talk about the possibility of faith failing. And she didn't know how to explain it to me. And so it bothered me. And so I started looking at other translations that were available back in those days. And uh, uh, some of them would say something like, uh, I'm, I'm praying that you will not give up. Or I'm praying that, uh, you know, you, you, you will remain in faith or something. But then the little Greek was the one that really answered it for me. The little Greek says this, I'm praying that your faith will not be reduced to inactivity. I'm praying that your faith will not be reduced to inactivity. Now, I understand that because from time to time, people do allow their faith to be reduced to inactivity. Now, make it very clear, faith does not fail. Why would God tell us to have faith and then say, but, uh, you know, it might fail? No, faith doesn't fail. Real Bible faith never fails. But your faith can be reduced in activity. In other words, it's, it, you're, not, you're not applying it. You're not appropriating it. And one of the main reasons why is because people lose focus and they allow themselves to become distracted. That's what's happened to the body of Christ by and large. Over the last few years, COVID distracted a lot. Amen? I mean, you know, uh, most churches in America were shut down for a period of time. Ours was shut down for a short time. Our, our governor in Texas was a lot more lenient than most governors across the nation. And, and our churches weren't shut down very long at all. But uh, I noticed when, when we were able to have people come back to church that a lot of people didn't come back. Excuse me. A lot of people didn't come back out of fear. Didn't want to get close to other people. And of course, we told people uh, at that time, masks were, were mandatory. And then a short time later, uh, we told people, if you want to wear a mask, fine. That's your choice. But you don't have to. And we noticed that uh, some people uh, still wore masks for quite some time. And, and then a lot of people just decided to stay home and watch the service on television. Am I ringing a bell around here or what? Huh? In fact, a lot of Christians use COVID as the excuse they were looking for to stay out of church anyway. My Bible still says, do not forsake the assembling of yourselves together. And even though watching a service on television is wonderful, but it's not quite the same. It's not quite the same. So a lot of people allowed their faith to become inactive or they relaxed their faith. And when your faith is not active, then it's also not productive. It's not producing anything in your life. Amen? And faith is designed to produce 
what God promises in your life. And so a lot of people allow their faith to become inactive. That's what Jesus prayed. Peter, I'm praying that your faith will not become inactive. Now, a short time later, that's exactly what happened with Peter. When that person asked him, aren't you with Jesus? No, I don't know the man. I'm sure I saw you with him. I don't know the man. But I know you're with him. I don't know the man. Three times he denied him. What happened? His faith was reduced to inactivity. And then, of course, you know, he came to himself, and, and uh, when he was told that, that Jesus has been raised from the dead, then he hooked back up, thank God, and became one of the chief apostles. And then did what Jesus prayed that he would do, strengthen his brethren. So notice that even some of the greatest people in the body of Christ, some of the greatest preachers in the body of Christ, some of the greatest Christians in the body of Christ can, from time to time, allow their faith to become inactive. Don't let that happen to you. Because this world we're living in is not getting any easier to live in. And it's going, to, it's going to be mandatory for you to stay in faith here on out. That is, if you want God's best in your life. Let me see the hands of everybody who wants God's best. So stay in faith. Stay in faith. And then number two, stay focused on the promises of God. Stay focused on the promises of God. I wrote down, and I want to just read it uh, quickly uh, this morning, a couple of things that that I wanted to make sure I, I said concerning staying focused. When you, when you stay focused, it minimizes the problems and it maximizes the promises. Amen. I'm not saying there are no problems, but when you're focused on the promises of God, it's maximized in your heart and the problems don't look so big anymore. When you, when you compare them to the promise of God. Let the word of God be final authority. Choose to believe the report of the Lord. Be selective about what you see and what you hear because your eyes and your ears are the gateways to the heart. Proverbs 4.23 says, Keep thy heart with all diligence. The Amplified says, Above all, guard your heart. Another translation says, Protect your heart with all diligence. Demonstrate a constant effort to avoid allowing anything that is contrary to the word to get into your heart. Philippians chapter 3, verses 14 and, or 13 and 14 from the message translation says, I've got my eyes on the go. I'm off and running, and I'm not turning back. Paul is talking about being focused. Being focused on what? On the promises of God. See, if you're focusing on the promises of God, then there's no way that fear can get in. When you're focused on the promises of God, there's no way that your faith will be reduced in activity. When you're focusing on the promises of God, then what, what uh, frightens everybody else and what causes everybody else to relax their faith has no effect on you, praise God. Jesus said, uh, talking about the disciples asking what would be the signs of the end of the world. And one of the first things he said was, do not 
allow yourself to become deceived. And then he said this, see that you be not troubled. That tells me that it is possible to live in a troubled world and yet not be troubled. And that is a great way to live, amen? To live in a world that is full of trouble and yet not be troubled. I'm not troubled. In fact, I, I, get, I, get, I catch a lot of flack. People are constantly trying to tell me what CNN says. I don't want to know. That's not where my focus is. That, that's, that's, not, that's not where my, uh, my, my, my source for information. Well, don't you want to be informed? Are you kidding me? CNN's going to inform me? No, this is all the information I require right here. And I read the back of the book. We win. We win, praise God. Amen. And, and there's people constantly wanting me to, you know, to, to feel me, feed me on, on the negative that's happening in the world. Why do I want to hear the negative when I can open this book and read the positive? Amen. Jesus said, in the world you shall have tribulation. That's all I need to know. In the world you will have tribulation. But he didn't stop there. But be of good cheer, I have overcome the world. Hallelujah. So I know, I know there's going to be trials. I know there's going to be tests. I know there's going to be tribulation. CNN don't have to tell me. Jesus already told me, but he gave me a solution for it. Be of good cheer. I have overcome the world. Hallelujah. Amen. I just don't have down days. I don't get down. Now I get down, but I don't get down. <laughs> I don't get down. The reason being is I'm protecting my heart. I watch what I look at. I, I'm careful about what I look at, and I'm careful about what I listen to because the eyes and the ears are the gateways to the heart. And whatever gets in your heart is going to come out of your mouth. Once it comes out of your mouth, you're going to re release a power that will either be a negative power or a, ne or a positive power. Fear is in the negative, faith the positive. Amen? So it's important that we stay focused. And then number three, don't allow anything in the world around you to distract you. 2 Timothy chapter 3 says this in verse 1. This know also that in the last days perilous times shall come. The Amplified Bible says times of great stress and trouble, hard to deal with and hard to bear. Notice it didn't use the word impossible. Hard to deal with and hard to bear. Amen. So we already know, and how many of you believe we're in the last days? I, I truly believe it's quite possible that we could be the generation that will usher in Jesus. Either way, I win. If I die before he comes, I win. If I'm still here when he comes, I win. Hallelujah. Amen. But we could very possibly be the last generation before the appearing of Jesus with all the signs of the times that are taking place right now. But notice he said, perilous times, times of great stress and trouble, hard to deal with and hard to bear. But then he gave us the solution to it in verse 14. But continue thou 
in the things which thou hast learned and which thou hast received and the things that you've been assured of. You know, you, you get a lot of great word in this church. I know you pastor. And, and, and you've learned a lot about the word of God in this church. And here Timothy is saying, here's the way that you combat what's happening in the world around you, even though times will get harder and harder and harder. But the solution is just continue in the things which you've heard. Continue in the things which you've received and continue in the things which you've been assured of and you're going to come out on top. Hallelujah. Can you say amen? amen? But notice, you have to make the decision to do that. Pastor can give you the information, but he can't make the decisions for you. Amen. You have to make the decision that I'm going to stay in faith. I'm not going to lose my focus. And I'm not going to be distracted by what's happening around me because I am going to experience progression. I'm going to experience promotion. I'm going to experience advancement. This is the will of God for my life. And no devil's going to stop me from experiencing. So I may want to go ahead if you have made the decision to stay in faith and to stay focused and not be distracted. And you're planning on progressing, advancing, and experiencing promotion. Give the Lord your best shout in advance. Hallelujah. Amen. The message translation says, difficult times are ahead. And then another translation says, but don't let it phase you. Hallelujah. Isn't it wonderful that you and I have a way to live in a troubled world and not be troubled? We can wake up every morning with a dance in our step, joy in our heart, knowing that somehow, some way, no matter what I go through, God's got my back. God is for you. Amen. The favor of God can show up and change everything. Hallelujah. So let me just challenge you today. Uh, don't, don't, don't stop. Don't allow your faith to become inactive. Don't allow yourself to lose focus on the promises of God. And don't allow anything that is happening in the world around you to distract you. And God's promise is, if you will do these things, God said through, Tim, uh, through Paul to Timothy, he gave him a lot of instructions. And then he said, now, if you will meditate on these things and give yourself holy, W-H-O-L-L-Y, to them, in other words, dedicate yourself to it, commit yourself to it, then your profiting will be seen by all. And the word profiting is also translated, you're progressing, you're advancing, your promotion will be witnessed by everyone. And why does God want us to progress? Why does God want us to advance? And why does God want us to be promoted? So that our very lives become an evangelistic tool. When you're experiencing progression, you're experiencing advancement, you're experiencing promotion, when the rest of the world is pulling their hair out, then the world is going to come to you and say, how are you doing this? And where are you getting all this? And you could say, it's the God I serve. It's his favor on my life. It's his blessing on my life. Would you like to know my God? Come on, give him another shout of praise. Amen. What is your next step in your faith? Well, here at Church on the Rock, we would love to help you. 
Maybe it's to learn more about discovering what it means to belong to a church family, being part of a small group, or using your God-given gifts to serve others. Head over to cotr.org slash next steps where you can find out more to all of these. Or if you're part of our online community, visit us at cotr.org slash online. Have a great week and don't forget that God is for you.